Hey everybody, what's going on? My name is Jesse Rivera and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee Dates with Jesse Rivera. I am Jesse Rivera and today on the podcast we have none other than Mr. Dejan Tyler. I like to call him D. Tyler. This cat's been doing comedy for 17 years, but hold up. Wait, before I get too deep into that, I want to thank Mento Brew for allowing me to use that cool song, Move It Girl, that you heard on the intro. You can kind of still plainly hear it in the background right now. Listen, listen, listen. That is Move It Girl by Mento Brew. Check them out on the internet. They are an amazing band, especially if you like like Latin, funky, soul, ska, rhythm, rock steady, right in that, that, that type of sound. You would dig them. Anyway, now. On today's podcast, like I said, we have Mr. D. Tyler. He came over about 10 days ago. We sat in the garage. Not going to lie, it was kind of hot. Little beads of sweat were forming on our temples, but we got through it, folks. We got through it. We got through it for you, for me, for D., for everyone who's ever been on the podcast, everyone who eventually will be on the podcast. We got through it because you got to do what you got to do, man. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'll stop rambling now. Enjoy your day. Have a great day. Have a great week. Enjoy the podcast. Mr. D. Tyler. People are going crazy. Right, right. So we just got to do what we can to kind of... I, I Like, I've always told people, like, look, man, we can't change the world, but we can make, like, our surrounding area a little bit better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, like, all the time talk about, like, well, I'm going to change the world, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, do something in your neighborhood. Right. Like, do something at your at your kid's school, you know? Do something at the grocery store you shop at. Something you know? realistic. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's where it starts, right? And that's where we come in, man. Like we we are the I mean, we are the uh the uh the the relief for a lot of stuff. Being comics, we're the relief for a lot of people, man. Like people they really need it. It doesn't seem like you you, you don't want to put that much on comedy because it might sound come off sounding kind of corny when you say, well, comedy can save the world. But it does save a lot of people. I know because I've been to shows where people have come to me after showing me like, yo, I was having the worst day and you guys are awesome. Thank you. You know, and absolutely. Absolutely. Or you come up to a show or, or after a show, they come up to you and they say, hey, that one joke you said about about your cousin or that one joke you said like and there, there's parallels, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because I think what we help people see that like they have the same fucked up thoughts that we do. We just are we're able to laugh at them, and like they're not able to laugh at them yet. That's the best feeling. Like you ever like like try to push the limit on stage, like to where you're like, okay, like say there's something that you do. Like I had this for inst- for example, I had uh, one time I was like digging in my ear, right, and then I forgot about it, and I was smoking a joint. And then, like, I tasted earwax, right? And it was spicy. It was like wasabi. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm not the first person to taste earwax. I know I'm not. I know somebody did it on purpose. So I go on stage and I say, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, there's stuff we talk about that, you, well, there's stuff you know, and you want people to know that you know, and there's shit that you know that you don't want nobody to know, but you know everybody knows too. And I was like, for example, earwax is spicy. And there's some people that just laugh way too hard. And I can tell that they knew and I'm not alone. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's not just me. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a joke where I talk about that, uh, you know, as you get older, you realize some people realize that they're lactose intolerant, right? Oh, yeah. And they realize at the worst possible time when they're on a freeway driving. I think I told that joke when we, were, when we did that show. Out at out in Folsom, but anyway, I said uh, it's going to happen to you when you're in a car 20 minutes from home, and some guy lifted his hand's wife up and was going like this. <laughs> he busted her out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we we help people realize that we're all kind of fucked up in our own way. Like nothing's perfect. Yeah, and nothing's perfect, and everybody has the same issues. Like you might not think. Like the only thing I can say is if the issue have the. The weirder it is, the less of a percentage of people are are going through it. But there's billions of people on this planet. You know what I'm saying? So like I I I have yet to come up with something so weird that there's nobody that gets it. Or there's nobody that's, you know, like I don't think we can. 
right, the experience right. is too great is too crazy i get it and how, how long have you been doing comedy now man like you're, you're one of the ogs in this in this city right are, um, are you like at 12 years um more than that man like 17 like 17 i first got on the stage in 2005 and then my son is was born in 2005 he's 17 comedy 17 oh okay they share a birthday that's okay. So that's that's how you're able to keep track. Of, does that help you keep track of your son's age, or help you keep track of how long you've been doing comedy? Both. Both. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> All those 17 years here in Sacramento, or did you start somewhere else? No, I started here. I started here. Um, but I, you know, when I first started, I had a really good job when I first started. Um, I was working with the phone company, and then um, I've actually always had really good jobs. So it was kind of hard for me to say forget it and just move. Like when a lot of my friends move, I should have just did it. You know, I wasn't looking at the long run, but I was like, man, like, do I want to eat Top Ramen and, and sleep on somebody's couch? Or do I want to, you know what I'm saying, buy a new car and, and put a stereo in it? You know right, or something right. like So uh, December 2020, I just finally said, you know what? This is it. I'm I'm going full-time comedy. What what made you... Oh, this so you just did it, December 2000. I was going to say, what made you first start doing comedy? Let's 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 go back there. Let's let's start at the beginning. What what made like were you were you the class clown? Were were you the guy that was always capping on people? Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good and bad because I went to hood schools, so it was. I had to learn. I, I was I was funny, but at first I had. I would say this. I was uh, molded early on. I, I moved to East Palo Alto in the first grade. Okay. In the first grade, I lived in East Palo Alto. I fought every single day. Every day, East Palo, I fought um, the same kid too. Um, his name was Raymond, and it was my fault. We were on the bus, and I told him, uh, "No, some girl said Raymond is so ugly, he's cute." And I was like, "Nah, he's just ugly." And then I was a new kid, so they all told Raymond I said it. And then Raymond was, let me explain. Raymond, Raymond was like, he was really small. He was like. Three foot something, like he was like. Extreme. Well, it was first grade, right? Yeah, so okay. we're all small, but he was small to us, so right. he was like really little. Uh, but he looked old. He looked like uh, kind of like little Boosie a little bit. Uh huh. And then um, he had this hair that stuck straight up like Bart Simpson, or like buckwheat. But he was the meanest little motherfucker I've ever met to this day. Like we fought every. He climbed in my clothes. It was like. Trying to like, yeah, like when, I, when we fought in the bus, he was so small, like he was everywhere. He was like in my clothes. He was like over here and popped out of the sleeve, scratched me up, bit me up. I mean, I was, it looked like I fought a cat. When I came home, my mom actually thought, she's like, what happened to you? Like, was there a cat or something? I was like, no, it was Raymond. He, he fucked me up. Um, I fought him every day. And then, when, so when I got to Sacramento, I had been beat up by the best. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, this is going to be cakewalk. <laughs> and when did, when did you come back to Sacramento? Second grade. Second grade. Yeah, I did one. I did one year. One year East Palo Alto. I was out of there, man. Yeah. Um, went back to went back to Sacramento. Um, didn't know what bagging was because everybody was so serious there. I didn't know what bagging was. And um, when I was the new kid at this new school, there was a jungle gym, and all the kids were at the top laughing, having a good time. I didn't know these kids, but I was like, I want to know. Like, I, there's a good time being had. I want in. So I go up there and I come up there and this kid, his name is Randy Houston. I remember, never forget this kid. His name was Randy Houston, like a little blonde kid, like a, I don't know, just a regular white dude. It's a little yeah. white kid, yeah. Yeah, but he was like, he, he was a verbal. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he was nice with it, man. So I'm up there and, we're, and they're bagging and I'm laughing. And you know when you laugh too hard and they're like, now all of a sudden, like, it's like if you grin, you're in. So I laughed too hard. And so now they're like, okay, look at you. And then Randy told me, he said, your mom has three titties, one for milk, one for orange juice, and one that's out of order. And I was like, yo, everybody's laughing. And everything for me is a slow motion. I'm climbing down. And the kids are like, ah, like, ha, 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 So I go home and I'm mad. I tell my brother, like, yo, bro, because I got an older brother. He's like 10 years older than me. So I'm like, yo, check this out. First, let me ask you a question. How many titties does mom have? Tell me the truth, right? And then he slaps me in the face, right? He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> this kid at school said, mom has three titties, one milk, one orange juice, and one out of order. And then my brother starts laughing, right? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, dude, that's called capping. 
And I was like, what's that? He's like, well, you, he said, well, what'd you say? I was like, I just left. He was like, you know, you got to say something about his mom. And I'm like, well, I don't know his mom. And so he taught me the concept of that, making stuff up. Uh-huh. And that's how I started comedy, man. After that, yeah, I was I was addicted to it. I was addicted to making people laugh. Well, so was it at, was it at an early age that you realized you could control the crowd with it? Yeah, in school, in school we used to uh, we used to write stories. Okay, okay, like for English class or just in general? Um, I'm in elementary school, it's all one class. Okay, okay. So we used to write stories, right? And I would always make my story funny. Because the first time I wrote a story, the class laughed at I was being serious, but the class thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then, like, so the next time, kids were like, hey, are you going to do another story like you did last time? And I was like, yeah, of course. Of course. Might as well, right? Yeah. So then it became a thing. So then, like, uh, the teacher would let me read my story. Like, she, she would let, always let me read mine. Because um, we would trade them and grade them. But she would always let me read mine in front of the class. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was my first foray into stand-up comedy. All right, all right. So then at what age did you finally go? Was it like at an open mic or was it at a at a, at a showcase? Do you, <coughs> do you remember what it was like the first time you got up? Yeah, it was at a uh, a spot called the Ocean Lounge. And um, Ocean Lounge was, was something else, man. Ocean Lounge, like I wish, like a lot of comics now if that are newer, that never seen the ocean. Have you, have you heard of the ocean? Lounge no. Before? Where was it? It was on right off Hurley. I think now it's a Korean hot dog spot. It's like behind that Taco Bell right there on Hurley. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's a gas station and there's like a Taco Bell. And because the Taco Bell used to complain because there was so many people in that parking lot. Really? Shane Murphy. I don't know if you met Shane Murphy. I've heard that name. Shane Murphy ran a room on. Uh, I want to say was it was it Sundays or might have been Sundays and like it was like girls would come up and do a bikini uh, contest every week. I mean it was debauchery. It was like Howard Stern ish vibes. Okay. <laughs> well, so, in the two thousands, yeah, and that's the place that I was started. early two thousand. You said it was two thousand when you first started. Yeah, it's two thousand five, two thousand. Okay, two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying around there and um. That place also had a poetry night on Tuesdays, and it was, I think it was called Talk Back Tuesdays, maybe, and my cousin Terrell, who was a promoter, a big uh, club promoter, big in the club promoting scene at the time, uh, he was like, cousin, you want to do comedy? Why don't you come do some comedy at the poetry room? And I'm like, you can do comedy at poetry rooms? Because I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't have no, you know, we know. We can go, we can go anywhere. But I went up there, and my first time on stage, knocked him out. Really? Knocked them out. Yeah. Like some people, like their first time, my first time, I didn't bomb. But when I did bomb, it hurt more because I had built up this false sense of confidence. And so I think my first bomb, <laughs> my first bomb was heartbreaking. It's 10 times as hard, right? Yeah. Because I thought I was funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is easy. I, 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 don't, I don't bomb. I guess I, I just got it, right? And then, yeah. And that first bomb. And then it's different types of bombs. Like out here, we don't really get the, I never got booed. Ever. Okay. But what I have had happen is when you get the silence. Especially for a, a black crowd, and yeah. they're just looking, just like, mm, mm, mm. whose baby is this up here <laughs> wasting our time? <laughs> you can hear dishes, you can hear like ice melt, and then like redistribute itself inside the glasses. You can hear oh people God. swallowing, you can hear heartbeats. I would, if you know what, if I would set my podcast up like this, like now that I've seen how, how compact and like, you know. You know, when you watch it on YouTube, they make you think you can't do it. It's just so much stuff that goes on. They got an assistant, somebody running. And, and, nah, bro, this right here. This is some dope-ass conversation. I wish I had an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> you got one, that little crazy-ass dog. <laughs> oh, man, you're, you're the first one that said get her out. <laughs> huh? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I like dogs, but I knew that she would take over the, uh, it's like a heckler. She was going to take over the show. Wow. That's, that's your professionalism right there. You just knew. Yeah. I'm like, she, if we have a better show, if we put the dog out of here. Yeah. And we, we definitely, the, the dog for the first time in podcast history, 138 episodes, the dog was not allowed in the room by this the This the first time? Really? This, 
This is the first time. This is the first time. So what did, what happened? The other podcast, the dog just running around. The dog's like, just running around. You can hear the dog licking people. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Because I oh. can say you did it, not me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I'll yeah. come to every podcast and just kick the dog out and leave. That'd be your job. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you, you're out of here, buddy. Too much to drink. 86. <laughs> so this whole time you've been doing comedy, has it been here in Sacramento or did you, have you ventured to the Bay? Have you gotten to, have I mean, you, have I've, you ever, I've, have I've, you ever moved? Do you, you stayed here? No, never moved. Um, but I've went other places to do comedy, went further out, but I've never actually physically moved because I like Sacramento. Right? It gets a little bit too hot in the summer. Like July and August kind of suck. Yeah, they do. Bad. Ooh, how long have you been in Sacramento? I've been in Sacramento since 2013. Okay, so you've been here through some of the heat waves. Yeah. We got them like 112, 113s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is how we used to go outside back in the day. Like, you know when they say uh, in, in a... And like fire safety, they say like like say your smoke alarm goes off, and they say before you leave your room, fill your door to make sure it's not hot. Yeah. <laughs> in Sacramento, and during the summertime, you have to feel the front door to see if you can go outside. Because I felt my front door, and it's been scorching hot. And yeah. when I walk outside, it's like opening the oven door or, when you've been preheating it. Or like when you get in the car. Oh, and- dude, yeah. That's the worst, right? Especially if you got like those leather seats. It's not as bad if you've got like the cloth seats, but if you've got the leather seats. You ever got burned by the seatbelt buckle metal? Oh, yes. Dude, right across the fucking nipple. (laughs) (laughs) And now your fucking nipple's charred up and you got to explain this shit. Like, (laughs) oh, man. When, um, when I talked, I talked to you a couple months ago, we drove out to a show together. You said that you'd finally made the decision to just only do stand up. Yeah. How scary tough. was that? Are you still doing that? And how scary was that? Yeah, I'm still broke. Yeah, I've <laughs> never I've never been but the thing is I've never been broke cuz I've always had a good job as well. So when I didn't do comedy, I was at work. Yeah. And I was making a good wage, so it was cool. But taking that away, now it's just I had to find a different way to live because I'm not going to be guaranteed if I'm not on stage somewhere, I'm not making any money. There's no like, you know, there's nothing like supplementing my income so now i see like what it really means to get out there emails send emails uh not just get the shows that people ask if you want to be on but go ask to be on shows like hey how'd you get booked on this show who books this show like you have to hustle Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because that's that's all you got and it's made me a better comic um but it's made me more so a better better at the business part of it you right, because before you didn't you didn't really have to risk that, right? That was because you nah. knew you knew you were going to get your check regardless. I take shows at a loss. Job. Yeah, I've taken shows at a loss. Like you know, oh yeah, I'll go out to f- somewhere crazy for like one hundred and fifty bucks. You know what I'm saying? And and get my own room. Yeah, you know, because I was like, I want to be on stage, but now it's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not. Because I can't afford to. Right, right. You know, I, can't, I can't afford to take those losses. Have It seems like after the pandemic, there was a ton more comics than there was before. Is that, does that, like, does those kind of, like, peaks and valleys happen all the time? And all this time that you've been doing it 17 years? Have you seen where comedy was super, super popular, and then it wasn't, and then it was again? Since I started, it's only gained in popularity. Really? There's never been, like, a dip. Mm. Um, except for the dip for everybody, which was like COVID, but uh-huh. comedy being more and more popular, it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I haven't seen I haven't seen comedy take a step back as far as interest. Mm-hmm. It's more of it, and I think that the uh, what do you want to call it? The shut in, the lockdown, the quarantine, uh, whatever you want to call that. Two years we lost collectively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, most people are natural comedians. Like people say, oh, the funniest person is the person that work with you. I mean, well, how many people work with you versus how many com- com- comedians are there? But I think with COVID, everybody's in the house. They're watching more comedy. They're watching more YouTube. And they're thinking like, you know what? Shit. They're looking at, we were faced with our mortality. So a lot of people is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try comedy. I always wanted to try it. I'm going to do it now. You know what I'm saying? Because shit, they might put us back in the house again. Like people really 
it's not just comedy. People are doing people are out here doing shit that they always wanted to do mm. because we've been faced with not being able to do nothing collectively. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, everybody, stay the fuck in the house. You can't go outside. You can't go to your parents' house for Christmas. You can't celebrate Easter. You can't celebrate Thanksgiving. So anything that you thought you can do or wanted to do or dreamed about doing, when they lifted that veil, a lot of people just fucking book for it. Whether it's comedy, OnlyFans, uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, what whatever the fuck we want to do, they're out there doing it. Right, right. What did the pandemic make you do? Um, it turned me into a better cook. I think it turned a, it turned a lot of people into thinking they were cooks, right? Yeah, it, it, it did make you a better cook. Yeah, because I've been cooking before the pandemic, but the pandemic really like so I used to cook, but I only used to cook what I wanted to eat, mm-hmm. and there's only a couple things that I really like to eat if I want to cook it. I didn't go outside of that. Like I was real basic. I, I cooked like a basic. I was I had a basic bitch menu, right? Spaghetti, tacos, um, spaghetti. Chili, uh, <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> you use the same meat for the spaghetti and the tacos, right? Yeah, chicken, fried chicken. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, basic, like just basic shit. Chicken Alfredo, like basic. And now, and now, what's in your now? What's in your repertoire? Oh, dude, I'm doing all kinds. I'm doing. I'm actually going in. I'll go in a recipe book and I'll go and do this recipe. Like I'll do like curry chicken. Like I recently, I. Took a whole turkey, butchered it down myself into individual parts, made my own turkey stock from the carcass, used that stock to make split pea soup. Oh, and shit. Then I took the turkey legs and I air fried those and made buffalo turkey wings. And then I made sandwiches with the fucking breast meat. Right. Like I the whole turkey I took the whole turkey down. The whole turkey like, like the natives. So you used the, you used it all. Every piece of the turkey i use yep how long have you had your air fryer oh this is my second one. Oh, this is your second one my, i wore the first one out did you get a bigger one the second time yeah yeah i got that brio the, the one that's stackable okay it's like shaped like a little oven and it's like uh it's tall it's not wide it's tall and you can put trays of stuff in there oh shit yeah. i got the i got the basic one with the pull out handle yeah it's yeah like a bucket is that what you had the first time? No, the first time I had the new wave air, uh, the one with the dome. Okay. Have you seen that one? No. Oh, dude, that actually, that shit's fire. Uh huh. That shit, man. Rip. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you see how I, tell I, me. I, tell you, me. You guys can't see this out here, but I just linked in. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. Because uh, I did ribs. So here's what I like about the air fryer. I take ribs out the freezer, right? Frozen solid. Frozen solid. I put a movie on, right? My girl's watching the movie. I said, make some ribs. And she sees me going to the freezer. She's like, we're not going to eat until like 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, no, 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 no. You watch the movie. I got this. Frozen ribs. It's like a circle. It's, it's a circle and there's a rack. And then there's a dome that goes over it. The heating part is on the bottom of the dome. Right? So you put that on there. Before the movie was over, we were eating ribs. Wow. And they were frozen when the movie started. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that thing is amazing. Oh, yeah. Air fryer all the way. Air fryer all the way. No other way. All right. What You've been in the city so long that you had to have seen like a lot of great rooms come and go. What's what's one of the... What, what do you think was... was like one of the, the best rooms or what are a couple of the, the great rooms that you wish... Uh, you know, newcomers like me could have seen or could have been around in Ocean Lounge. The still the Ocean Lounge. Ocean Lounge. Uh, Ocean Lounge was dope because when Ocean Lounge was in its heyday, dude. There's no you can't even do like I don't even think you can. I mean, we could. It was never legal anyway, but I don't think that you can even do that now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I guess you could, but I don't know. There was women that would come to the show, and it's like, okay, after the show, I mean, Shane Murphy would dress like a pimp, like a whole pimp costume outfit, and women would come up in bikinis and just, like, dance and whatever they wanted to do to try to win this bikini contest. Right, money. right. So, yeah, that show was wild. Like, the the atmosphere was, was cool. And then also another one was uh, American Spirits on Northgate. Northgate and what? I know Northgate pretty well. Okay, American Spirits, 
was the bar where that Long John Silver's is, and there's a plaza right there. Yep, I know where that is. And it's in the corner. Right by the freeway, kind of. Uh, No? Not so much. Okay. But I'm trying to think, like, uh, well, there's only one Long John Silver's, right? Yeah, it's, it's by the freeway. Okay. I guess it's kind of by the freeway. Okay. Yeah, it's not that far from the freeway. Mm-hmm. But and there's a plaza behind it, right? Yeah, yep. And there's a gas station across the street. In that plaza on the far right, there was a bar. You remember the a bar that used to be there back in the day? No, no. Man, I performed with uh, Leslie Jones there. What? Um, yeah, like there was a guy named Corey Crenshaw back in the day um, that gave a lot. He gave. I mean, he gave me a lot of. He gave me some work in the beginning. He was an old school dude, kind of a shyster, a little bit, a little bit. But aren't all the great ones? Yeah, I mean, yeah. To this day, I don't have no problem with him. Uh, but he would be, but he was been in the game, so he could bring like a lot of. He would bring like Michael Blackson, uh, Leslie Jones, um, who else? Uh, I seen Patrice O'Neill at Ocean Lounge. Really? Yes, he was at the. That's how dope Ocean Lounge was. Like. So after, I guess Patrice O'Neill was at the punchline. Mm-hmm. And so after the punchline on Sunday, he just came over to check out the Ocean Lounge. Wow. But this is before I, I knew who he was. I think this was when he was doing like shorties watching shorties. And and, and uh, I think he, was, he may have been an open Anthony at that time. But I knew who he was, but I wasn't the fan that I am now at that time. Because mm-hmm. if I was, I wish I would have just at least tried to talk to him. Because I looked at him and he was like... What's up? And I was like, oh, what's up, man? And that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, but had I known, I was like, hey, man, what's Patrice? Man, what the fuck? Do you think there's any rooms right now that are anywhere near that notoriety or just are on their way to that? Did you did you see that kind of potential? Um, Let me see here. Oh, I can't forget this place. Uh, touch of class. Always, yeah. Yeah. How long has that been... The spot, um, touch has been a spot for shoot, man, maybe 15 years, maybe really, maybe 15, 16 years. Yeah, it started. It's so the touch of class was started by uh BT Kingsley, and that's a good friend of mine, funny dude, too. And we had a group, um, called the Outlaws of Comedy, it was me, Cole Black, Shane Murphy. And BT Kingsley and BT Kingsley had just came from Texas, so he was he had just came from Texas. He was the youngest one of us, but he had the most comedy experience already because he came from a bigger comedy market. Also, um, but we started that group, and we were really successful. We should have kept going, man, but we got a lot of hate, and we didn't know how to handle the hate. You know, like saying? within each other or from other comics. Oh, other comics are hating. But then after they hated on us, cause they were like, how do you guys, who are you guys to you are calling yourselves the outlaws of comedy? Our first, we were, there was a place called, you remember this place called Fandangos? Mm-hmm. We sold Fandangos out on our first show. Really? Sold it out, bro. But we were out in the streets. And I also said, that was before social media, right? Like, that's when you were out handing out flyers. That was word of mouth. That was word of mouth. Um, and so he started Touch of Class. Mm-hmm. And... When it first started, it was like, man, like four or five people there, six, seven people there. Then that's, you know, it's 20. And then, then it got hot and it was like the place to be. It was like, it, that was comedy wise, the touch of class was the place to be. Matter of fact, I would say the touch in its heyday, I would put that above the ocean lounge or maybe Thai because it was two different types of things. But yeah, the touch and the touch is dope now. But it was a heyday of the touch when it was just on fire. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't beat the man. Well, touch is a place where, like, if you're not having a good set, they're going to let you know and you're you're not going to get to finish. Right. And that goes for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know I'm saying I've had trouble at the touch before. Mm-hmm. I've also had some of the best sets ever at the touch. But I've also had some ones where I'm like, ooh, I get off stage. I'm going home. I'm not even sticking <laughs> around and smoke a cigarette or drink. Or I don't want no weed. I just want to go home. I've never had a great set at Touch of Class, but I've never had a horrible, horrible set. I've always like it's always it's always felt like they were like, all right, let's get him. He's trying, he's trying, you know. Yeah, it's honest. Yeah, it's honest, and they see a lot of comedy. That's what people like. Sometimes people come to the Touch of Class and they think, 
oh, what's in the hood? And, you know, no. These people have seen some of the best to do it have came to touch a class. Kevin Hart was there when they filmed The Heart of the City. Um, so um, anybody else you can think of, Michael, I mean, there's a the list of who's been in the touch is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that crowd is used to that. They're used to a high level of comedy and they know what they know what they want. And if you give it to them, they're happy. Right. Right. If you don't. <laughs> I mean, even though even though like you could go on a random Sunday night and sign up and possibly go up, it's not an open mic. It's you're still you still you still really should bring your best. Right. You're not going up there. And yeah. trying like five minutes of brand new material that you wrote that day. Well, you could. I have. But that was also a stage I was on <clears throat> every week. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I was on and yeah, I was there every Sunday I was there. And the thing that made me stop going to the touch was that I moved to uh to Fairfield. Oh, okay. And then also I was working in Fairfield, which Pepperbellies too was a dope club. In Fairfield or here? Pepperbellies, yeah, in Fairfield. Okay. So I moved, and part of the reason I took the job was because there was a fucking comedy club on the same street that I worked on. All right. So um, it was kind of hard. Touch touch started kind of late, so it was kind of hard to 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 make that move. That's that's why I that's why I don't go to touch a class because it's it's so late, and I cannot be eating that food at ten o'clock at night. And the the food at Touch of Class is so good too. Oh yeah, candy yams and fried chicken wings and oh. fish and French fries and it's soul food. The food at the Touch is good. Yeah, the food at the Touch is good. I've never had bad food at the Touch. Have you had this food right here? We're in North Sacramento. Have you had this food at Colo Soul Food? Yeah. What do you think? Bomb. Yes. Matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you why they're bomb. I yeah. went in there. And no, 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 this is Colo's Soul Food in North Sacramento, right on Del Paso Boulevard. Yep, Colo's. I mean, hey, mess with them because I went there and I got some gumbo. First off, the staff is cool. It's family. It's family run business. The the dude and his wife, and I think those are his kids that work there too. I mean, they're all you know. The customer service is good. His kids are like right on point. They're not like on their cell phones. You know, you think how a kid would be. Yep. Now nah, they're like little professionals, and I ordered some gumbo. And I was like, just because the broth was so good, I was just fucking the broth up, right? And then I was like saving all of the big parts for later. That's mm-hmm. how I eat gumbo. I like eat all the juice out. Then I've got a crab leg left. And he said, hey, man. He, the, the, the guy, the, the, uh, I don't remember his name, um, but he came by and said, hey, man, you want me to add some more juice to that? And I was like, what? Yeah. So he came back, man, and filled my Bowl back up with more gumbo juice and a couple more shrimp. I never had my gumbo rejuiced. <laughs> that's customer service. That's 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 above and beyond. I went in there once. I've been in there a few times. Uh, but again, like the food is so good. Like that's I don't need to be going there. You Have know you what I'm saying? Have you had the oysters? No, no. Do you eat fried oysters? No, I've never had fried oysters. I've had oysters like on a barbecue grill and then oysters like out so, of the. So you eat them. But you I, never had fried oysters? No, no. Oh, Jesse, I got this. So you've had fried catfish? No, I'm not a catfish guy. You ever had any kind of fried fish? Uh, like tilapia. You never had like fried salmon? No. Dude, let me, oh. Jesse. Do we got to go there? Do we got to go there? I, we, I can make it. Really? Yeah, I'm not, we can make the oysters, bro. Like, shit, I, we can go there and buy them too. But so... The reason I ask you about the catfish is because there's a special way when you fry the oysters, you fry them in cornmeal. Mm-hmm. You ever had cornmeal fried? Something fried in corn, yeah, yeah, cornmeal yeah. mixture, like the southern corn. So it's the oyster fried in that. Oh, so it's the oyster, but it's got that that lemony pepper. It's kind of like a, you know, I know it's lemon on it, and then it's like that crunchy. Oh, oh, oh man! And then the oysters so soft inside and the ju- oh, man. I, I went I went to Colos once and I got the the smothered pork chop. Oh yeah. Oh dude, he came and he put it on my table and he said, "Bruh, you're going to sleep." <laughs> did you? I did. He <laughs> woke up right. Have you had their Kool Aid? Dude, I can't be drinking that stuff. I mean, but you never drink it. No. Oh they, no! They make this Kool Aid with like a, it's mystery. It's like a couple different secret flavors put together. Oh god! It's much, almost black. I wonder how much sugar it has in it. I think it's called blackout. A lot. Oh. Your socks get tight. <laughs> 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 Your 
socks looking tight. <laughs> Get rich or diabetes? <laughs> yeah, definitely heavy, heavy on the, the diabetes part. Oh, but it's man. so it's so good. Like when you like I sipped it and then the one of the, the kids uh served it to me, right? And I was like, What's that? What's the secret mystery? He said, Oh yeah, that's that's our that's that's the one, right? I'll, I'll give me that. I take my first sip. I'm like, oh man! I look, and the kids look at me like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I told you. <laughs> Kool Aid confidence. Oh my god! You drinking and your socks get tight. <laughs> have you been? Have you tried uh, staying right here on on Del Paso? Have you tried Uptown Takeout? Is it Chinese? No, no, no. They got it's a barbecue place. It's no. the it's the it's the barbecue place where the the guy's always out there spinning the sign right next to Little Joe's. No, I've had Little Joe's is fire. Yeah, but the new Little Joe's it just reopened. Yeah, I just okay. So I've been to Little Joe's back in the day, <clears throat> and then I went to Little Joe's like a couple months ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, Since it's right next to Little Joe's, and they got they got barbecue. I got ribs there the other day, not Little Joe's, but Uptown Takeout. Yeah, it's like right. It's like it's right, right there. Yeah, across the little. Yeah, it's white, red, white, and red. And they got like all kinds of like graffiti artists, and there's all kinds of stuff going it's on good? back in there. It's good. Really? It's good. Okay, I gotta try it. You gotta, you gotta try it out. What about the uh, the North North Star Pizza? I think. Oh wait, no, the pizza place that was across the street. No, it's it's a it looks like a house, it but cl- there's a window. It closed. North Star Pizza closed. It was the pizza place that opened right when the pandemic started. Yeah, it was ran by women. Oh, wait, we might be talking about the wrong, the different ones. When was the last time you were there? Oh, that's been a while. No, I think you're talking about the one that closed. Really? It looks like a regular house. You just walk up? Yeah, it was a house. Yeah, and they had like a window. And like it was a- right next to, uh, uh, where's the place where they have like Uptown Ballroom? Something. Yeah, it was like an industrial was, area. It was like right around the corner. Right? right? Like Uptown Ballroom was right here, and then it was right here. Mate, I don't know if about the, but are they closed? They closed. Wow. They had good pizza. They had bomb pizza. And they pizza. had bomb ass wings. Yes. The wings were good, too. And man. they had desserts. Oh, man, I was so sad when that place closed. Jimmy's. Jimmy's, where's that? It? That pizza? No. You never been to Jimmy's Soul Food? No. I'm not Soul. I'm brown. I'm Mexican. So? But, I mean... And, you know what? I thought and you were I just, black this whole time. Look, look. No, I thought you were you black thought I was and Dominican, Mexican. huh? I look, thought you were black and Mexican. Listen, I, I, grew up, I grew up in a town in, just outside of Bakersfield. And all there was was Mexicans and whites. Like there was one black kid in my high school. So like like the black culture is all brand new to me. Like it's it's all new to me. And it's like Really? Yes. And like I'm discovering soul food at an age where like I like can't be eating that food anymore. Yeah, yeah that's fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's like getting married and then like like you get like you, you save the world, you get married, and then the, the, the mayor's like, man, look, here's the key to the city. You can have all the pussy you want. It's like, ah, goddamn it. Yeah, dude, that's what like when so like colos and like the food at Touch of Class, like it is amazing. But I cannot be, and I have, and I will. Let me tell you what Jimmy's is. Okay, Jimmy's, where is, and where is Jimmy's? Jimmy's is on Grand Avenue. Okay. Jimmy's is like right by, it's close to Grant High School. It's close to my house. You've been to my house. Yes, sir. So it's not that far. But here's the thing about Jimmy's. You walk in Jimmy's, they got a hot counter, right? They, they serve breakfast. They serve dinner. Um, you can get oxtails at Jimmy's. Mm-hmm. And they have a hot counter. So it's like, a, you know, when you go to the Chinese food, they got all the food already out. So they Yeah, cook, yeah, yeah. So they got meatloaf. They got oh. smothered turkey wings. They got smothered pork chops. They got chicken, fried chicken. Then they got fried chicken smothered in gravy. Then they got fucking chitlins. They got black eyed peas. They got greens, mac and cheese every single fucking day. I went to Jimmy's. <laughs> when I first moved out to the north, I didn't really know that much about Jimmy's. And I hated it because I was like, um, I can't get in there because when you go there, there's like a million people in the parking lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's like three people in the store. The parking lot is just full of people. And I used to hate it. Was, I was like, God damn it. But then I started realizing, like, you know what? Some of the things at that store that they serve don't taste like the way I grew up eating them. Right, right. But there's enough there that's good that I don't give a fuck. Like, they're, they, they're fried. Anything they fry, you can get fried shrimp there. Mm. They, have, they have fresh fried shrimp, fresh oysters. They fry them right in front of you. What about the chicken at this uh, drive-thru 
uh, was it like Tix, uh, Texas, Texas chicken? Yeah, eh, it's all right. It's uh, it's just all right. Their sides, the, the prices are cool, but the prices kind of went up. Like they did. Everybody else, everybody else did, but their sides, their sides are trash. Mm. Their sides are fucking trash. And if you're out there, Texas chicken, I want you to know that your sides are trash. What about Connie's? Up the street, the hamburger I, place. I've also had, a, I have a love-hate relationship with Connie's. Really? Because I've had Connie's be very, very good. Mm-hmm. But even when Connie's, Connie's is very, very good, it's it's still, eh, you know. You know you know what, what got me about Connie's one day is I, I went there one day and like I ordered like a pastrami burger and fries. And I was like, I'm going all in. Can I get a Pepsi? And it was a canned Pepsi. It wasn't a fountain Pepsi. Oh what? Yeah, I never got a can. I always get the little crushed ice. No, and- I wanted I wanted the whole drive-in experience with like the crushed ice and the the from the fountain Pepsi. That you know, that Pepsi's like ten times better. They can make flavors. Yeah, because you yeah. can tell them like I want Seven Up, like whatever flavor for the Slurpees, the slushies. Like mm-hmm. I want a Seven Up, a cherry Seven Up. I don't think they have cherry Seven Up. I think they take the cherry flavoring and put it in Seven Up and mix it together. Uh-huh. I don't think they actually have Cherry 7-Up. Nobody has Cherry 7-Up just on tap. I, I've never seen Cherry 7-Up on tap. Have you? No, no. Yeah, ever. I don't think I can. Anybody out there? I've seen like Cherry Dr. Pepper. Yeah, but Cherry 7-Up no, on tap. No. Yeah, I've never. But they have the best Cherry 7-Up I've ever had in my damn life. At that, Connie's? Yes, that shit is fire. It's a little mm. extra. I got, I got pissed off with them because they gave me a burger. And they're stingy with the sauce. What? They only put like a, a barely any sauce. Like you have to say extra sauce to get a decent amount of sauce. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo. And then if the grease, sometimes you can tell the grease been around for a minute because the French fries taste like everything. Yeah. <laughs> they taste like chicken. They taste like beef. They taste they taste like everything but potatoes. Like it taste everything you cooked in this. <laughs> what What about all right? What about Mexican food? El Forestero. No. I saw you post one time on Facebook that you hated Forestero. Yeah. And I've been down. wanting to have this conversation with you ever since. Really? I, I mean, well, let's talk about it, man. Uh, yeah. What? What is it that you don't like Mexican food? Because that, I mean, then we could, then it's cool. Like, you just don't have the palate for it. No, I'm, I'm a Mexican food connoisseur. Okay. But that's not Mexican food. <gasps> what are you saying? It's like street Mexican food? No, that's like, you know what that's like? El Foresto is like Taco Bell. That went to Mexico, like for two years, and like you know, like and hung out, and then came back and tried to like revamp. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not real. It's not Taco Bell, but it's not okay. Adalberto's, El Forestero, Adalberto's, Robertito's, Carolinas. All those restaurants are the same fucking restaurant. They kind of are. You know, you got that menu with a yellow menu with red letters. The the combo is always the same. It's two <laughs> beef tacos with some lava beans and a scoop of rice. It's the same shit. Or chicken tacos are the same. Here's what I don't like about the El Forestero. That one in particular. They they just don't put a lot of soul into what they do. I've had food from there and it's been horrible. And it's been like very low quality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and, But then like Adalberto's is low quality as well. Alberto's is like drunk food. Exactly. And that's yeah. what El Forestero is drunk food. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not saying yeah. it's, it's I get you. I hear you. Yeah, you know. I hear you. What about Bettos? No, there's same two thing. there's two Bettos. There's Bettos and Bettos. But they're the same. They are. It's the same but shit. But it's open twenty four hours, the drive thru. I fuck with Bettos though. And I like I would go to Bettos before I go to El Forestero. El Forestero tried to do the drive thru twenty four hours, but it didn't. No, it's too much. To, it's too reckless over there with the homeless population. Yeah, there is a lot of homeless. Yeah, and it's crazy. Right there, it's crazy. Yeah, right there, and at and at grocery the, outlet, the the Betos right in front of the thrift store, they'll like walk right up to the window and be like, "Give me something." No, why not? I never had nobody ask me that. I'd open my door on them and slam them. <laughs> Boom! That's why I. You know what? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I have a low tolerance for that. Like, if I'm gonna give you something, I'm gonna give something to you. But if you try to press me. Now I feel like you robbing me or trying to, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Like now it's trying like, to strong nah, on me. Yeah, I can't do that. Right. Now, now I can't give you any money. And if you want any money, you got to take it in blood, bitch. <laughs> we'll fight this parking lot to death. I'm not giving you shit. Oh, man. Hey, uh, I have this, this segment on the podcast that I end every podcast with, and it's called Five Easy Questions. 
and no right or wrong answers. And uh, I want to I want to I want to wrap this up with these questions. You ready? All right. What are you afraid of? Uh, not reaching my full potential. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like that's chasing you? Like it's right behind you? Yeah. I, I, my fear is dying without leaving a significant mark on the world. Mm-hmm. Just dying anonymously. Right. Right. You know? Okay. All right. Um, who or what inspires you? Mm. I'm inspired by a lot of things, man. Like, I would say creatively, I'm inspired by science fiction. Mm. For some reason, yeah, because like I'm, pushes I'm, the pushes the boundaries, right? Yeah, I'm really into science fiction. I write science fiction. Really, I, I write science fiction horror. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Did you like, say science fiction horror and horror. Oh, okay, like the thing, like light horror, like oh. not like some just weird shit, like Jordan Peelish. You know what I'm saying? Not, that stuff is deep. Like, um, because that's what interests me. You know what I'm saying? Like outside of comedy, if I'm not doing comedy, if it's not comedy, it's science fiction. There's no, you know, I'm not into like too much wow. dramas. If okay. it's not comedy, it's science fiction. All right. Um, what have you been meaning to get to? Like what's like on your to-do list? And you're like, fuck, I'm supposed to do that this week or I'm going to do that next month. Um, a writing project I've been procrastinating on for way too long. And I can't really go into what it's about but it's really good and if i get it out it's gonna do it's gonna do what it's it's a good it's a good idea all right i have two good ideas that i've been sitting on and i've just kind of procrastinated with them you know like that creative like where you you sit down there's a blank screen and you have to fill it with things and then even when you start then i've started and then i wanted to go a different direction and rewrote it again and then it, yeah, it's it's. I don't know how people just do this all day. Like writing is, as a as a as a profession, writing is not easy. Even if you can write, because there's so many. Like at least for me, like maybe I don't have the attention span for it. But I yeah, it's tough. Well, the writers that write like that that's their job. They do it every day. It's like it's yeah. like an exercise. It's like their workout. They they do it every single day. Yeah, Stephen King said, I think he writes six, seven pages a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I guess if I started doing that, and even <clears> if it wasn't good, just do it just to write, I think that's what I'm going to do. All right. Yeah, All right. just write it. And if it's, because I want everything to be perfect. So when I'm writing it, I keep stopping and then, oh, well, I want to research this before I see. You know? Yeah, that's I, that's the big problem. That's, that's, that's one of the problems that I had, like I was telling you when we first got here, that I started a YouTube channel, right, with like to to do music videos. Right. And I just finally did it yesterday. I was like, the lighting kind of sucks, and this is messed up, and this is messed up, but it's there to mark my progress now. Right. You know, like now I have something to be like, if I do 10 videos from now and it looks better than this, then, you know, you got to get the ball. Progress. Yeah. 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 Even my favorite podcast, like take your favorite podcast and go back. As far as you can with their episodes, you're gonna mm. see a difference in production quality. You're gonna see a difference in, in um, just the way the show flows, especially if there's more than one person on the show. The way that people interact with each other, it all gets tighter over time. Yeah, yeah. What and uh, this doesn't necessarily have to be a TV show. It could be like a particular, like could be like a, a an artist or or a, a movie series. But what are you binging right now? Like, what are you just absolutely absorbing everything you can you can get from that? Like what are you binging right now? Oh, uh, books. These audio books um, that I've been reading, and there's like a whole like I found this weird. So there's this 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 app called Hoopla that you can go through your local library, and I, and I don't know if you guys know that, but you know the your local library, at least ours here in Sacramento, um, you can get this if you have you ever you have an Audible or heard of Audible? I have Audible, yeah. Okay, I don't even need audible anymore because i can just go to the library and there's an app called hoopla and i can digitally rent audiobooks from the library for free for free like your library card i'm gonna show you on my phone it looks just like audible wow even the way it works it's like audible mm-hmm. um you know the only thing is you're just limited to what the library has but digitally right. the library has a whole lot of shit so i found this weird science fiction like 
category, but it's like it's called story. It, different authors have re- written these books. Some of them are on science fiction from like a film point of view. But there's this other series of books like these alien shits. And I've been reading the fuck. I'm on my second one. This is the one I'm on right now is 14 hours. The other one I just finished, I think, was about 13 hours. Mm-hmm. It's dope as shit. Right on, right on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And last question. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to. Ah, uh, Can I say that? I have some things I'm looking forward to big time. But I would say right now I'm just looking forward to. To being a more successful comic, I'm looking forward to to improving my craft. I'm looking forward to getting better. Right, right. You know? Even after after all this time, like you're still, because I I saw you. I I mean I've seen you many many times, but one of the time, like have you ever seen? Have you ever watched somebody and then you're just like, God, I suck. Like that guy is so good. He's like, you just leave there going like, I I I have so much to learn. And to grow, like, you made me feel like that when I saw you at Cheers, uh, what was it, about six weeks ago? Like you really? Just went, you just went out there and destroyed for, like, 30 minutes, and it looked so easy to you. It looked like you were just, like, thank you You man. were telling story after story after story, and he told us, what did you say, he's a, the hooker that leaves a, a slip left at the snail trail walking across the the. Oh, I can't remember what you, the, but, I don't even remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, gosh. And, and like, in a way, I was like, I, I know nothing about comedy. But then in a way, I was also like, all right, I have that to look forward to. Like, if I keep it up, you know? Yeah, like, de- definitely. Like, man. your stories were just so good, man. Thank you. I feel like that sometimes when I'm watching certain comics that make me feel like that. Mm-hmm. And... So I, I'm, I'm. Thank you, and I'm honored that you that you thought that when you watched my set, um, because I know what that feels like, and my thing is to chase that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, so just you do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna get there, and then the only thing about that is once you think you caught that thing, there's gonna be something bigger to catch. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, like, there better be right. Like yeah. you don't. Like you never settle, right? Yeah, because when I first started, like I would feel like that about the comics I was watching that were that I knew, but they were like ahead of me, and I'm like, yo, like, because it's different when it's somebody you know and somebody you talk to, and then you see them go on stage and just rip, and you're like, damn, I'm doing it all wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I remember like Insane Wayne's one of those guys. Like I watched Insane Wayne like destroy some shit, and I'm like, damn, I got to destroy some shit like that. You know, yeah. so. It's it's actually I think that villain is a natural cycle of comedy, you know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna you you look at something and realize, oh wow, I want to do that, or man, can I do that? And then one day you realize you're you don't most likely you're just gonna you're gonna be doing it and not even realize that you did mm. it until somebody tells you like what you told me just now, like you know what I'm saying? Like you know you just start doing it, you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Until someone says, hey man, like then like. Maybe two, three years from now, you'll be talking to a comic and be like, yo, Jesse, man, like, I thought I was, and I watched your set and I was like, yo, I got to get my shit. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, right, ah. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he, it, it's weird because you never really, like, it's it's never really fulfilled in that way because you don't know until, until you've already been doing it. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a cool thing about comedy, man. D. Tyler, thank you so much, man. Hell yeah. Thank you, brother. All right.